I feel like I have a really strong grasp on my own mortality. Like, I definitely, like, I'm, I am acutely aware that we have, like, 80 to 90 years to have as much goddamn fun as humanly possible. And, like, they're all, like, like these amazing, beautiful people. And, like, I mean, I could do the, like, a toxic masculinity thing. of like, oh, if you're not going to fuck me, then, like, fuck you. And, but, like, maintaining that friendship, like, valuing them for, like, who they are, like, as they are in that moment. Like, what brings value to your life is, like, cool people doing cool shit with other cool people in your general vicinity. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult the medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 181. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an amazing interview with Ryan. This is a pretty kick-ass one. Yeah, I would say the first 45 minutes or so, uh, you don't hear much from Emma and me. No, we don't really talk. <laughs> it's, it's really uh, his story ranging from uh, his beginning in like high school and early college up until today. And it is a story full of twists and turns and amazing people and a lot of love and adventure. Yes, all of the, th- all of the things. And I will say... Um, it might help you before you listen, and maybe not, to take a look in the show notes. Uh, there is a link to a website with a map of his polycule, uh, a diagram, and he references it a few times, and you will see as the story unfolds that there are a lot of people who come in and out and are around mm-hmm. in the orbit. And so, Having the map would actually be probably really yeah. helpful. That's not to say that you won't get a lot out of this if you don't have the map. You can listen um, and then go back and look at it. But yeah, I just we wanted to make sure that you knew that there is a map available um, and it, it makes everything make a little more sense. And there has been a couple updates to the map. Yeah, they're actually, he sent he sent over an updated version yesterday, and I was like, well, who are these new people? And so there's already new people, and, and things have already changed since since this recorded a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, so if you notice there's some differences between the map and what he's saying, that's why. Yeah. Uh, so just a huge thank you, Ryan, for coming on, and thank you, Zach. Um, we talk about Zach at the beginning of this. Zach was on episode 141, another incredible story, and... Um, put us in touch with Ryan, who, as you'll hear, is really good friends. Uh, they're really good friends and metamors and all of that. So again, thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Zach. We hope you enjoy this story. It's amazing. And uh, we're excited to get it out there. Yes, we're super excited. Before we jump into the interview, we do have a couple of quick announcements. Our first one is our next virtual meet and greet is tomorrow. That is May 20th. It's a Thursday from 9 to 11 Eastern or 6 to 8 Pacific PM is in the evening. Come join us. If you've never been to a meet and greet before, we'd love to have you. Again, these are virtual. They're all done in Zoom. Uh, They're only $10 and they're a great way to meet like-minded, open-minded, fun, adventurous people. Um, If you want to sign up, go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, click on the meet and greet tab, 
again, please just give it a try. We'd love to love to have you come join us. Yeah, I couldn't add anything more other than they're super fun. We've had a great group of people and we've actually heard from a lot of people that they've stayed in touch and really built some awesome connections out of these events. So again, if you're looking for awesome people, maybe give it a whirl and see, and we hope to see you there. Again, this is tomorrow, Thursday, May 20th. And if you miss this one, there'll be another one in the future. So don't worry. But try to make this one. Come join us. Hey, quit leaning on them so hard. I know. <laughs> just pound it into make, them. Make I'm just going to feel bad. Peer pressure, peer pressure. The other couple of things that we wanted to mention were just for uh, the Patreon community, some dates. Uh, first of all, thank you uh, to everybody who is a part of our Patreon community. Uh, you're all amazing, wonderful, incredible people, and we cannot say enough good things about this community. If you want to learn more about it, we'll be talking about it in the outro, but just a couple of dates. Our women's call, the next one is tonight, May 19th. Uh, time and information on how to get into that are in Patreon and on our website. And our next video, monthly video Q&A is May 26th, so that'll be next week, mm -hmm. next Wednesday, and we hope to see you there. And then we'll also have other men's and women's group calls in June. And if you want to learn more about what this Patreon thing is, go to our website, click on the Patreon tab, and you'll learn everything you could ever want to know about it there. Mm -hmm. And check it out. While you're over there, you can also contact us, leave us a voicemail, send us a email. We would love to hear from all of you. We do respond to every single one. So thank you in advance for reaching out. You and can, come on the show. Exactly. As like reach out, you can come on the show. We need more guests always. So um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Also on our website, just so you know, there are pictures and links of like all the show notes for most of our guests under the podcast tab. So go check that out as well. Yep. And Ryan is no exception to that bunch of pictures and links to his polymap and everything uh, that we talk about in this episode is there. Right there. All right. So now let's go talk to Ryan. Welcome, Ryan, to the show. We're super excited that you're here and yeah. we're excited to get a lot to know you. So glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then let's just jump into it. I mean, do you mind? Oh, also, thank you to Zach while we're, while we're here. Thank you to Zach yes. for introducing us. Zach from... Oh, geez, we should have looked it up. We'll, Episode we'll it one, in 100 and something. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll put that in the intro. But anyway, yeah, thanks, Zach, for introducing us. And thanks, Ryan, for being here. Yeah, Zach and I have been incredibly close for years. I mean, so it's Zach and I have both been dating us since I've been dating us for a year. And Zach has for a little over a year, I think. It's but. It's Zach and I met like six years ago, and like we've just been incredibly close since. And it's my the I, I like there's a partner that I live with that I'm just gonna like call a house spouse for now. <laughs> Perfect. And it's she is dating Heather, who's dating Zach. And so like there's like a little bit of move there. So like there's a few different connections with Zach just within the polycool beyond just being good friends. Well, awesome. And thank you again for being here. Thanks, Zach, for introducing us. And maybe do you mind taking us back? I don't know. To well, the first, yeah. I was going to ask him just to introduce, introduce yourself. Introduce yourself. There's like, a good start. In general, who is Ryan? And whatever level of comfort, I guess, you are about sharing whatever you want. Yeah. So uh, my name is Ryan. I like my 
day to day, like making money, is like I, I work in internet technologies. I like it's it's I do IT work at like a help desk and programming like day to day. I'm in massage school as just a sort of addendum. I'm like trying to learn piano. Uh, like I am in some classes for that. And I adore literature. Like I think I read 50 books in 2020. Like I'm a big fan of chess and I am dating four people and kind of a fifth. Like the fifth is kind of ongoing as it's, it's turning into something. And so I spend a lot of time like it's work, school, hobbies, books, television, and relationships is really like what sort of consumes the almost the entirety of my well, life. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I was going to say five relationships would probably consume the entirety of my relation uh, of my day, but I want to hear about how, how you manage that in a little bit. <laughs> Cause that's, you just named a lot of things. <laughs> Most people would be like, Oh, and, I don't have time for hobbies. I have five relation or four relationships. And somehow you had time to come talk to us. So we're, yes. we're honored. Yeah. I mean, I got home not three minutes ago from like a top optional pool here in New Orleans. Cause my long distance partner is in town for their 30th birthday. Oh, and cool. like, I like, just got home and like, I'm like, got all this, got all this hooked up. Well, thanks awesome. for making time for and us. And that explains why you're not wearing a shirt. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely can put one on. It's not. It's not important. I'm not wearing any pants, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's all good. It's a fair trade. Um, <laughs> so I guess, do you mind taking us back to the the beginning? As I tried earlier before Emma corrected me, this is our first interview in like three or four weeks, so we're, we're a little we're, rusty. We're a little rusty. Yeah. Um, take us back to the beginning. Like, how did you get into non-monogamy? So really, like almost the entirety of my dating history is of non-monogamy. And so like I had a monogamous relationship in high school, but it, it, like, it was cutesy. Like we were into each other or like we had like a, like a thing for a while. And then we went, we, like, we were in college for like maybe a month before we were like, eh, the, like, like it was a high school relationship and it, like it ended uh, like really immediately upon not being in high school anymore. And so it's like, it's, it's hard for me to even count that. I'm like, it's like, it's difficult for me to even really remember most of it. It's been, it's been over a decade now. And so, so I started college and it was like very early September or maybe even late August. It was like very quickly, like upon my first semester of college, where they had that, like the club meetup. Where just like the, all the various extracurriculars around school were having their sort of like come like find us, come meet us, like like the the like all set up a booth or a table to come like see what's up. And I definitely had an inkling that I was really queer back then, but like I'd only ever like kind of fussed around with women. And so I joined, like I found the the queer organization called Pride at uh, Spring Hill where I went to college. And I joined as an ally. And so I went to the first meeting and then there was the president there like running the, the meeting and their name was Bree. And they had crazy colored hair, like super short hair and like all like, piercings and tattoos and like crazy colorful outfit and just like the most attitude I had ever seen in one individual in my entire life. And just was absolutely smitten. 
And so super puppy dog, like like kind of golden retriever energy around them for quite a minute. And they were engaged at the time. And so through a sort of series of incidents, I was trying to rush for a fraternity at the college at the time. It didn't end up working out, but I did go to like their like big party. Like I was all like almost initiated before I kind of like things fell apart there. And so I went to like that, that big rush party and Brie was there. And like, I had like definitely been following them around for about like a month or two. And they just got real wasted. Like Brie was a junior at the time. And so they were just like, they're older and they were like exotic. And they were just like, like a, something that I like un, unachievable. And so they got real drunk, they got in a bit of a fight, and uh, like I was just very much paying attention. So like I went over, I like, went over, intervened, like kind of like broke it up, and, like stopped that from happening, and like trying got, to save the day a little bit. A little bit. They got like brought back to the room, and like, they didn't like really remember the evening, but they found out through friends that I had, you know, prevented them from like getting arrested or like having like a serious altercation with another student. And so they had, they were like, ah, like I'll like hit up this kid. I'm like, they, they vaguely knew who I was because I've been following him around. <laughs> in, a, and, in a non-creepy way, right? Like at a, at a respectable yeah, distance. Like, I mean, I, I was, I was extra helpful. <laughs> like I wanted to like, because they, they were organizing a club. So I was like, let me, like, you know, and then come, like, set up chairs or, like, get ice cream or, like, get, like, do whatever they were doing to, like, facilitate just to be around. And so they had kind of gotten it in their head that they were going to take my virginity. And they found out later that I was not a virgin, but I definitely gave off that vibe. And so they like, sat down with me at lunch. We like had a few good conversations and like they invited me over to the room to like play video games and like really kind of get into it. And like we played the Nintendo 64 and like, like talked for a while and kind of like fucked around a little while. And I was absolutely just like out of my mind a little bit just because like <laughs> they were, they were junior and like I was a freshman and like I was pudgier than I am now. Like I was like more dorky looking than I am now. I had like no experience with anything like poly or really relationships. And so like, that was just like such a big deal. And they were engaged. Yeah. I was going to ask, did you know, like, did you know they were non-monogamous at that point? Because they call you, they, they have you come over, you know, they're engaged and yet like things are starting to happen. I had a vague inkling that something could happen just cause like they had that vibe that they like, like down to clown kind of thing. And it's, they definitely like very serious with their partner, but I got the vibe that like, maybe I could be like a bit of a side thing. And like, but it's, I was still extremely surprised that like anything happened. And so we slept together that night, but it was very awkward. And like, like, I had no idea what I was doing at all and was just super deer in headlights the whole time. And I'm like, I was happy about it, but it's, it was definitely kind of like the, the first moment that I sort of had any sort of challenge to like, sort of like the social engagement that comes with Polly because like they had like their own life, their own relationships, like, like 
they were much further along in that development. And I was like, I had barely any idea who I was. And then, so I met their partner and which was a really interesting engagement because like the partner is trans. And so when I engaged with them, the partner had not yet identified as trans. And so I kind of have like the interesting ability to say that my first gay experience was with a woman. And because at the time they were identifying as a man, they were using a man's name and like the engagement was very like I was engaging with like their bits, like just like under the understanding that they were presenting masculine. And like about a year later, they transitioned. And so that was my sort of sort of first foray into Potley. And then I started to engage with them, like kind of as a couple, like I started like seeing the both of them. And that was a lot of fun. And it was really engaging for my freshman year. And but that summer, both of them really got caught up in their own lives. And I really lost touch. And that's when the partner transitioned. And that like took up a lot of Bree's bandwidth. And so like yeah, and then and then they, they didn't really engage me at all during the summer. Like I texted them, messaged them, and they like didn't really hear back. And that's when June was transitioning, and that took just a lot of energy to deal with. Like like the really when someone transitions, like it's very common for like a lot of their baseline personality traits to kind of like undergo like a bit of a transition too. Like mm-hmm. who you are is like definitely substantially driven by hormones. And so like who they were, like still like baseline pretty consistent, but like almost all of the edges got shifted and it took a lot of their time and energy and bandwidth to just deal with that. And like, I was not a big priority. And so during my sophomore year, I got into a relationship with some of their college. I call her D. Uh, like it's, it's kind of her first initial and she was amazing. Probably saved my life during that year. I had, I guess, a lot of depression and I got really ill. And got kidney stones, flu, pneumonia, strep. Like it was all like, bam, 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 bam. Like, like wasn't hydrating enough, wasn't sleeping enough, wasn't eating enough, wasn't taking care of myself, and just everything just kind of like went under. And that was we were really close, really together, and like they really kind of like helped me through that period. And then just because of how bad that year was, it's my parents. Came in, they were like, like, we don't think the school was good for you. I was like, I would tend to agree. And so I transferred to Tulane, back home, back in New Orleans. And me and Dee broke up that August. It's, I'm indebted to them for life. I, I, I love them to like in my whole heart. Like, but like, it's our relationship styles are completely different they'll come again later in the story i'd like to live with me for quite a long time like like well after this but we stopped seeing each other like like around the beginning of that school year and i made a couple of like summer visits to brie and then they they were like yeah you've just been around for a long time you're really consistent for a long time i think like i think it'd be a good idea to date and I was over the moon about it. And so we dated pretty seriously, but long distance my junior year of college. And over the course of that year, 
they were variously living with fiance and variously living in Alabama because that's where our college was, like our old college was. And they, they were still going to that college. And the relationship with the fiance kind of like fell apart during that time. And they got together with another boy. I'll call, I'll call him Boy Scout. Uh, he was an Eagle Scout. Mm-hmm. And he was just the worst. <laughs> he was real, like, like he was monogamous at heart. And he blamed my existence for why he and Bree couldn't have, the, like, happily together after. And so I, I would go take a mega bus over to Alabama, like, every weekend to, to spend, like, with Bree. Like, or, like, most weekends, at least. And, he would just make it his mission to try to nuke our relationship during the weekdays in between so that like he could have them long term. And so like it just weekend after weekend after weekend for over a year, I would go over there, fix things, come back and like deal with school and then come back the next weekend and fix things all over again. And it was just like we were kids. And it was it was very emblematic of the immaturity of kids, and that was really the entirety of the rest of my college. And right around when I was going to graduate, they were wanting to end things with Boy Scout, and like because they like, just drama, 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 drama. Like it was just always a fight. It was always a struggle. And like they like always like. Just negativity. But Boy Scout got them a job working at a camp for the Boy Scouts, like way out of state in the desert. And they really wanted to get away. They were over Alabama. They were over the college. They were just like, like they were working at Chick-fil-A at the time. And just like, they're queer, they're liberal, they're left. And like, Chick-fil-A is not the place <laughs> and yeah. they were just at such an immensely frustrated point in their life. They were like the idea of like getting to like not need to pay rent, but to like be somewhere where like food and housing was covered. They were going to be in charge of the kitchen. Uh, that like just sounded incredibly attractive. So this is like still my experience of Polly at this point, and like mostly like just seeing them and just head over heels. And then they went, they decided to accept this job in the desert. And so they went with Boy Scout to the desert to do this job. And they were staying with the person in charge of camp, because like, which was a friend of Boy Scout. And so like, and they were either staying at camp or during the weekends, staying at house of person in charge of camp slash boyfriend, uh, boy, uh, Boy Scout's good friend. So while at camp, broke up with Boy Scout and started a love affair with person in charge of camp. And and still dating you this whole time. Still dating me this whole time. But like things were weird. Like it's like someone Boy Scout had been whispering in their head that I was like, like a toxic and a piece of shit and a manipulator for like so long that it like our relationship was really in shreds. And like we were holding it together. But it was it was tenuous, and so like I like her, I would like was hearing from them like throughout camp, but it was it was weird. 
And so camp comes to a close. Being Boy Scout, no longer a thing. Them and head of camp, very much a thing. And so I took a vacation to drive out to Mexico to go get them from camp, bring them back. They're going to live with me. And I get there and I arrive and they're just, they have no eyes for me. Like, like it was like plain as day that they're madly in love with head of camp. Wanted to start life with head of camp. And the whole ride back was just like, it was still an awkward conversation. And like, they were so clearly heartbroken to like need to leave. And so then we start to live together and it's bad. They, they're not in love with me anymore. They, they like, like they get weird about me. They seem naked. Like it's, it was just, I had just graduated college. I had like an apartment in the suburbs and it was boring and stifling and struggle. And then it just like Bree and head of camp were just like, they were talking every day and like the affection there was just not what I was getting. And so the day that Trump was elected, I decided that like I'm over it. <laughs> like it's too much. I am I am tearing apart of the seams. I can't deal with it anymore. So you you two lived together for a little bit of time then? About two or three months. Like they okay. they got back early August. And, oh, okay. That same year, yeah, yeah. And then Trump got elected in November. Mm-hmm. And so August September, October, like like three three ish months, we we were living together there, and before I was like, this this is ten of a lot more, but they didn't really have anywhere else to go, and there's never really other like prospects anywhere else, and so like we we broke up, but we kept living together <laughs> until that March. Wow. <laughs> and because March was when head of scout camp could get, uh, had the ability to like kind of like get their life together and get like housing. And like, cause like, like the, they had quit the scouts at that point and like moved to Tennessee and they were like to get a place to get situated, to get a job and get like their life together that we could go there, like go there and like, like, and have that, have happily ever after. And until then, I was just like, yeah, you can stay here. I'll like take care of things. And like, we did that and it was rough, but I don't know. I really feel like I was always built for non-monogamy. Cause like, even though like things got weird, things got shitty. Like I never for a second really accepted that they would ever be out of my life. And I was like, like this relationship isn't working anymore. But for family, like we like I've like spent the entirety of like my being an adult, like kind of attached to you. And so we like still like had a friendship. It was like weird and it was painful, but like it was something. And we scheduled a, like like there was a band that we really love, Toyman Pilots. Like it's, it's, we would always like trip and listen to that band together. And it was like a big, like a, like 
portion of our relationship where we both have a shared tattoo of like a symbol of the band. And so the same weekend that they were going to leave, Twilight Pilots was going to play live in New Orleans. And so it's, I got us both concert tickets to go there together. I'm like, that's a sort of like big goodbye. And like, I'm really like sentimental. And like, I, I had taken a lot of pictures, a lot of videos of like our conversations of our, like, of, like just like our dates. Like there, I had a lot of like videographic evidence of our relationship up to that point. And so I had made this big presentation slideshow of like, like music that was important to us, pictures that were important to us, videos that were important to us. And like edited it all together into this like 20 minute long, really like kind of like presentation of like us being together. And so we did a tab of LSD. We went to this concert. We had a phenomenal time. We're just like weeping into each other's arms. Cause they're just like very meaningful. We could like get back to the house and like I play this slideshow and like we're just like losing it. And we're just for an evening, it was back to the good times. We were like, we like connected again. And then the next day, head of camp came to get them and went off to Tennessee. And I was like, I am over this house. I'm over this section of life. I am like over anything that I've been up to this point. It's so, like that, like within four days of removing, I moved and I like, moved to Orleans Parish, like into the city and like not the suburbs. I got, I got a new job. I started growing up my hair. I got new glasses, like, like, like big ones, like more stylish ones. I got my cats. And like I threw out my entire wardrobe. I had like, like polos and jeans and khakis. And I was like, this isn't me. I am much more colorful than this. And I got like, like dresses and gowns and like flowy, like everything. And like, like hippie, like, like hair and pants and sandals. And just, I was like, this, this is not who I am. This is not who I want to be. And like, and I, like, I just started saying yes to every social engagement and like completely changed my wardrobe, completely changed my look and like just started afresh. Wow. And it's, I stayed good friends with Brie. We weren't, yeah, me and Brie stayed good friends. We kept talking. We kept, we kept in touch. Like I, I still visited them from time to time, but I started branching out on my own. Like I, I started uh, dating someone named Jay. I call him Jay. And with Jay and I dated for about 10 months and they were a friend from college and a real formative relationship at that time. And while I was dating Jay, D person that I dated in college For got like we were, yeah we were starting to talk again and they were trapped in Alabama in like the middle of nowhere no car no support they had a degree but their family like their family isn't well to do like I'm pretty the opposite and they didn't really have any support or any like ability to get out so I was like Absolutely not. You're one of the most talented artists that I've ever encountered in my entire life. Come stay with me. Like, like, get established in New Orleans. Like, like, uh, like, get a life, get friends, get a job. Like, like, get some independence. And that proved to be a bit of a struggle with me and Jay. It's like Jay can get, get really into their in their own head, and uh, they kind of got in their head that I was seeing 
be more seriously. And like I've been like flirting with people here and there in the city, and like it's they get they just found it to be like a bit challenging sharing, and like their life goals were changing, and they could just I like I love her to the bottom of my heart, and we still have a great friendship, but it like it was getting pretty clear that neither of us were like exactly the kind of relationship dynamics that I was looking for, and so. It's like one of the, like at some point Jay just kind of like stopped responding to me, and I was like, "Hey, let's go on a date." And they're like, oh, "I'm busy." And then there was like three weeks where like there was like no, like I didn't like see the uh, see her face to face. I was like, "It's weird and it's wrong." I'm like, what's what's up? And eventually, I just I went over to her house and I was like, "Hey, like just we're broken up. I'm making that call." We're not together anymore. So, like, that's established. Can I please come in and have a conversation about why? And they were, like, really receptive to that, like, which I'm very grateful for. Like, it, it meant a lot to me to, like, have that sort of, like, closure about, like, what the fuck was going on. And then they proceeded to just kind of, like, unload on me about, like, little tiny grievances they've had about, like, just conversations we've had, like, over the last, like, six months. And I'm like, most of them were just misunderstandings. I'm like, if we had just brought them up at the time, we totally could have worked through these. But it definitely was for the best. Like, we're just like psychologically wise that we were like, we're not, this is not what was up. And so we just transitioned back into a normal friendship, and which was really good. Like, we like, like while they were still in town, like, we kept seeing each other like once a month. And it was really gratifying that I can like sort of like deescalate a relationship and like still like maintain like good relations. And like right around when that was happening, like, Brie and I like rekindled a romance. And, like we've been mostly platonic and like just visiting up until that point. But like things with head of camp when like we're starting to like get kind of weird and like not working out as well. And like they were like visiting and all of a sudden like we like had like a really good visit and like kind of like got kind of touchy and then got kind of physical. And then all of a sudden it was like, it very naturally kind of like went redeveloped into something more serious. So at this point you had broke up with Jay, but D was living with you. I was looking at my notes to make sure I had the right things. Yes. Yes. I am still, I'm still living with D at this yeah, point. So D is living with you. Jay's broken up with, you're broken up with Jay, but Brie comes back into your life. Exactly. And so then right around then I start living with my, I guess I call them house spouse. It's, <laughs> it's, they live with me. And uh, they're an old college friend, and they're uh, trans and kinky and wonderful and poly. And it's I met them like before they transitioned, and like they moved away for a while after college, and then they went to Portland and like worked as a carpenter, and like really kind of like had a little bit of self exploration there, and then came back and then we're like, Hey, I heard like that like, you're really into the kinky scene and uh, like, you know, you like uh, you know, doming and in the poly and like all these like different things. And like, I'm really interested. And, like, do you think we can have dinner and we just like to like, like talk about them. And we ended up just having like, 
law dinners, uh, like a law dates. And at some point, I was like, would you like to experience any of these things? And I like, like, played around for a while and just got to be more and more serious. And then around ballpark, then I, I, I uh, was buying my current home. Like I, like I moved, like I, I bought a house, moved into it, and it's lived with my high school best friend and D, and that ended up like went for over a year while I was dating house spouse and Bree, and kind of just starting around, and like right around the beginning of quarantine, there was a lot of flurry of activity. It's, I started dating a college girl, like a little bit younger than me, and it was going really well. And then the high school best friend stopped being able to pay rent. And so I had to kind of kick them out. And then house spouse was like, I need a place. And I was like, I need someone to come live in a place. And so they, they moved in with me. And then... Bree came to live with me for like the, the, the move back from Tennessee to New Orleans to live with me for a while. And a little before quarantine started a, another relationship pretty quickly in town. And then that person kind of came to like stay uh, like over at the house for a while too. And then like quarantine hit and everything just got fucked. And so, and the high school best friend also didn't have a place to live. So they were just kind of couch surfing. So it was me. Oh, and D decided they had like they, they they were done with my whole mess and moved like across town. And so at the end of this like massive amount of change, the end result was me living with house spouse Bree and Bree's new partner. And a couch surfing, like, like best friend. And that was going on for a lot of quarantine. And Bree and I pretty quickly learned that we're kind of siblings. We have grown up a little bit too much together and that we have a predilection to bicker. Mm-hmm. And that I was very different than I used to be. Cause like my, when we started seeing each other, my head was just so far up their ass. It was like, I was so madly in love. I really only had eyes for them. And like, uh, like at this point, they broke my heart. And it, like, it really, I had like, kind of like grow up in the moment of like someone that loves you with all of their heart and like really cares about you as a person can still hurt you. And like, and just because you love each other doesn't necessarily mean you should like really be together. And like, like I, I learned a lot of those lessons because of Brie. And so at this point I was much more independent. I was much more comfortable with who I am as a person. I needed them much less. I really didn't need them at all. Like it's like I had, I was flush with friendships, flush with relationships, flush with love. And so wanted them, need them. And that, was and continues to be a challenge. Well, and you had said too, like when when they broke your heart and moved to Tennessee with Eagle Scout or Boy mm-hmm. Scout, that you basically like threw out the old Ryan and brought in a new one. And so the person that they mm-hmm. that they came back to was mm-hmm. not the same person that they left. Absolutely, and like we had, and like we we had both grown quite a lot. 
And so, and being stuck together in quarantine like that, also with the addition of a, like another partner who was very messy and like it was a really challenging roommate. It, like it, it proved too much. And so things were working out. It was really. Uh, oh, like, do you want to? Like, this is this is Brie. Sorry, I just came to get a hair clip. You're good. Hi, Brie. Hi, hi. Yeah, I have headphones in, so they get like this is the <laughs> nice As to you can you. tell, we're still together. It's like we've. I'm yeah. Exit now. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're they're visiting for their their thirtieth birthday, and so th- things are really challenging. And so they, so partner broke up with Brie, but just because like it was uh, like such a like like there was always fights, there was always like toxicity. Like there's just like like the house dynamics were garbage. I was like because they, they were living, the partner was living with all of you too. Yeah, still living with us, and uh, like it's it's. They had an apartment, they were moving to a new apartment, then quarantine hit, and the apartment that they were moving to fell through. Uh-huh. So partner, like, found themselves minus a house, and we thought, like, oh, quarantine is just going to be, like, a month, two months, maybe three. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, chill with us, hang out, like, keep us company, because we can't really, like, go hang out with other people. So, and got weird. <laughs> I bet. So, <laughs> Bree was like, all right. Like, partner broke up with me, fighting with you a bunch. It's just, like, not the vibe. And so I have, like, like, like job prospects, like, partners, friends, family, like, like, people for me back in Tennessee. Like, they had really developed a life over there, and, like, it was really more their speed. Like, we've always been a bit more of, like, mountains, hiking, camping, rural, like, like, a, like a little bit more, just a few gears down from city life. And so they decided they were going to move back to Tennessee. We're going to stay together. Like we're still good, but like living together just wasn't working out. So breathing it out. And one of my other best friends, I'll call them L moved in and like, we're not dating. We've hooked up a few times, but like, it's like, we're like just the best of friends, like love her absolutely to death. And so at this point in time, the dynamics were me couch surfing, best friend L house spouse and still breeze partner <laughs> they were broken up at this point but they were still around and they stayed around for i think four months wow. it was it was a struggle and the, like it's like like i i like them like we had like a good vibes but they were just so messy difficult to live with they were difficult to live with just because, like, they had just kind of started their development as an adult. Like, they just moved out from, like, their parents. Like, they were, like, older, but, like, they kind of grew up in a religious household. And, like, they just kind of started their journey of, like, figuring themselves out. So, like, hadn't figured out personal dynamics and were, re- like, they had so much trauma that they were just, like, very freely dumped on the whole household. And, like, I can take it very well. The rest of the household, not so much. And so they just kind of like got a point where like one time after like really pushing it for a long time, they came home and like how house spouse is a paramedic and like watched like a couple of people die that day and like got home. and was like having like several drinks in the backyard 
like just like vibing, just kind of like settling down and coming down from the night. And like Bree's ex partner went in the back and just emotion dumped for a couple of hours. And like, and like house boss kept getting drunker and drunker and drunker. And then like they just hit a tipping point where it's like they just they just hit their breaking spot. Because, like, House Spouse is, like, the, the gentlest, kindest, sweetest person that I've ever met in my entire life. I've only seen them mad twice. This is one of them. Because, <laughs> like, the house had been messy for a long time. Like, this ex-partner, like, kept, like, waking them up, like, right before they went on shift by, like, going out in the middle of the night and, like, like having that conversation in the backyard, playing music in the backyard. Like, there was a lot of points of stressor points leading up to this. And they were, like, putting up with them, like, venting about shit they really didn't care about. Really were, like, over, like, for, like, two hours and then snapped. Just, like, fuck you. Fuck everything you stand for. Like, like just, like, like, fuck your life. Fuck your existence. Like, fuck all of your problems. Like, leave me the fuck alone. Like, just, like, get out of this house. Get out of my life. Like, just, like, I'm over you. Like, I don't give a shit anymore about any of your problems and just like started like just they're real intoxicated like punching the ground like like flipping over chairs like screaming matches just like way over the top yeah at that point i was like okay house spouse one million times takes priority i love them i'm dating them i'm living them i want to be grow old with them like this ex-partner of breeze like like i want to maintain a friendship but gotta live elsewhere gotta go gotta go somewhere else and so like around that was when i had a sit-down conversation I was like you, you like we gotta find other accommodations like and like luckily i had a different friend that i posted on facebook because i had looked for a roommate and so like i i kind of helped them kind of get that situated and like move somewhere else and so at this point we had a settling it was like like Bree had moved back out it's ex-partner had moved away this college girl that I was like seeing, I saw her for about eight or nine months. Like, it, it, like she didn't really come up in like this story, but we had a really like strong connection. But it's like she had fallen in love with someone in her own grade and really wanted to like take that seriously. And so like had had left, had like we had de-escalated our relationship just to our friendship before quarantine happened. I just wanted to kind of like readdress that since mm-hmm. I had brought her up a couple of minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we had, it was me, house spouse, best friend, L, and couch surfing, longest best friend. And over quarantine, another few changes happened. One, I started dating its S. I'm not sure if Zach mentioned her or if we, like, ever covered names, but I'll just call her S. It's... This is when I like I like it's it's I met S through Zach and like really vibed and we started hanging out a lot and then we started going on dates and then we started dating and so now I'm dating Bree and house spouse and S and then it's so like my house is a a four bedroom house three big bedrooms and then one tiny one. And so house spouse in the nicest room, me in the second nicest room, best friend L in the third nicest room. And then in the little tiny room, I had another best friend that I kind of saw had like been like seeing romantically years and years ago, but now had just been really good best friends with moved into tiny room. And then you also had couch surfing best friend. 
And couch surf. So I have an immense amount of friends. And so couch serving best friend had through kind of like through hanging out of my house met. They are now dating two other people. And so one week at one partner, one week, another partner, one week at me. And so it's, which is interesting. Like house spouse and couch serving best friend share one partner. And then it's house spouse is seeing cute, adorable trans girl. And a couch serving best friend is seeing cute, adorable, kind of like no, no gender, love the human being. Both of those new people that I just mentioned are dating each other <laughs> and living with each other and engaged to each other. And so couch serving best friend and house spouse are absolutely crazy meshed in the polyamory chart that I shared with you. Uh-huh. You'll, you'll see in that circle how like couch surfing best friend is the person that starts with the beat uh-huh. in that circle. And then you can see how everyone in the little circle is dating two other people in that circle. And it's very integrated. It's very cute. <laughs> it's, yeah, you know, like it, it's it's a lot to explain. It can get kind of confusing. Yeah. Right. Well, I think it's been amazing. It's been amazing, and I would just like I feel like we're getting close to current time. At least we are getting close to current time. All right. Well, yeah. we'll let you finish. We'll let you bring us up to today, and then maybe just yeah a few things, and then because uh, yeah. it's been an incredible story and. Right. And so, and so that like, it's the current house configuration is like me plus house spouse plus two best friends and then couch surfing best friend. And it's, which has been incredible. And I am dating Brie and house spouse and S who I share with Zach. And then for the past three months, I've been seeing B who has been Amazing. We've been friends for years. It was a bit of a surprise that we ended up, ended up having chemistry, but we were having a great time, which brings my partner count up to four. And then for the past month, I've been seeing someone new who I'll call A. And so we're like, we're like a four and a half at the moment. And like, it's, it's, I've been seeing Brie for seven years, almost eight. I've been seeing House Spouse for two, almost three. I've been seeing for S, uh, almost a whole year and B for three months. And A is very new. And A is actually here at my house right now with Brie. Like they're like with the two best friends all just hanging out in the backyard. Awesome. And you're hanging out with us. Yeah. So are we, we need to be on the, we need to and be on the chart. So house spouse and Brie actually have a day tonight and they're going to go like hook up of like over in their room and like have like a time on their completely on their own. Like, like nothing to do with me. Like I'm going to like, like have like some snacks and like maybe like a wine or something and like watch a show. <laughs> I, <That's> okay. <laughs> so, I mean, first of all, <sighs> Thank you. Yes. It's been a wild web, maybe, I think, of how you got here. And I I love it. And I think, I mean, normally we ask a whole bunch of questions. I don't know. We haven't even gotten to the orgies. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's part two. I mean, it's maybe tonight. Who knows? The, I just, I think like to me, the thing that kind of stands out that I know like would be tough for me is sort of the level of perceived chaos 
And maybe I just would love it if you could talk about that because for me, that seems like chaos, but I'm curious, like, how do you view this? Like, yeah. It, like it, it works out time management wise, like in a, a chaotic kind of way. It's so, it's I have a little bit of an advantage, like I feel. It's I'm a little bit of a cuck. It's like my partners having great times with their partners. Like I love it. I want them to send me pictures. Like I want them to talk to me about their dates. I love so like. It's Bree is seeing two people in Tennessee. One they live with. The other is a bit of a play partner. The play partner texts me good morning every single day. Texts me pictures of whenever they play together, like whatever like book they're reading, whatever they're going through in life. We like like text me constantly. I love having a like, close relationship with them. And uh, like we we share Brie great. And I have a much I have less of a relationship with Liv and Pop well, like a like a uh, person, but that just cause he's very quiet and like but we like we played frisbee together like we like have a relationship but Bree still lives in tennessee and so we see each other like four times a year like definitely kind of like vacation partners and we make an effort to like make sure we stay in each other's lives but like it isn't really like it doesn't come up in the day-to-day scheduling a whole lot house spouse is has been in paramedic school like for the past year it has been entirely unavailable between work and school and trying to see like me and their two other partners, like kind of three. Cause like there's the, the Heather that like, that they share with Zach, but like, it's like very like long distance traveling the country. It's like, I don't get to see them that often. We definitely like have dates and that's not going to like change in the coming weeks because they graduate, like they just passed their tests. And so, like, their like their schedules about about to flip, and they're gonna have a lot more free time. We're definitely gonna spend a lot more time together. S is pregnant, and I am not the dad. Zach is not the dad. There is a third person that is the dad, and they're very together. They're very serious. I see S like every like twelve days ish, and like it's like a little bit of a battle to like get time with her i'm like i'm putting money aside i'm putting time aside i'm like like here and about it for like making sure that kid is well taken care of but as far as like being able to like get in close with them like it's it's like i'm not the highest on their priority i am high up on the priority list but like it's 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 usually more than a week between good dates but so it's we've got long distance partner we got like kind of unavailable partner but like with like the one we like have a really solid date every like three ish weeks. It's about to change. And then partner that's like pregnant and dealing with that. And it's like kind of all hard to kind of like get in touch with. And then there's B who I adore incredibly creative, incredibly talented, super weird, like just, but they live with a partner or well, like she, she lives with a partner that they're very close to. Like they're definitely going to always be together. And just started dating someone even after me that they're just getting to be that I, I use they almost reflexively I have too many days in my life but like that she's really falling for and has been like like taking up a lot of her time and so we have a good date about once a week and so i be i see b about once a week i call brie a good amount and really clear my schedule whenever they're in town like i make sure that i see house spouse as often as i can and every like every other week or so see s 
And then I have like the newest one, A, who is like just so slutty. Like, like, love it. Like, I'm a slut, she's a slut. And we both really love each other seeing people and being able to talk to each other. Like, we'll go to a party together. We'll go, like, we'll go to an orgy together. And like, where like people are like hooking up. And like us both going our separate ways and like doing whatever and like coming back and then like works out great. And so like although there hasn't there hasn't like there hasn't really been an origin. Like it's it's everyone's that have been pretty COVID safe. And uh, we have like little like parties where like kinky things will happen. But like the the like the party like the pre-COVID parties are very much lined up to start happening again in earnest probably like late june ish probably but it's i definitely find myself most invested in b lately and that like they're very consistent very easy very loving and definitely like very like devoted to s to make sure that the kid comes up safe i love kids i adore kids i definitely want to make sure that goes well but i'm like not offended when they don't respond to me and like days at a time because they got their own shit. And then Brie has like their partners in Tennessee and like, we'll call, we'll definitely stay close. And then like house spouse, like we see each other a lot, just like living together. And yeah. then we'll make sure to like have date nights and then keep the, the romance alive. Mm-hmm. So I like, we, we talk to a lot when we talk to people, a lot of times they'll say like our, like the way that we do this, uh, if they're practicing polyamory and it's a little complicated, it's like, Google Calendar, like everything is blocked out and they're like super organized. The vibe Mm -hmm. that I got was like you kind of exist and let people like orbit around you. And when they come in and out, you're just like cool with it. And when they're not, you're like cool with that too. Is that sort of. Yeah, I'm kind of like it's, it's like at the beginning of the week, like I I really kind of like run my schedule, I kind of like week to week. And like, usually like around like the weekend, I'll be like, Hey, what are you doing this week? And like, I'll make like a B and house spouse get first tips. Like them, like, I'm like, Hey, like what, what's going on? And make sure that they get time. And S is kind of like second dibs, just like she's been really unavailable to me lately. And like, I am as devoted to her as ever. But I mean, like the people that are like there for me all the time are the people that get my, the first steps of my time. And so like, I like, I make sure that like I'm seeing them and keeping that going and happy and loving. And then I'm like to ask like, Hey, like when, when are you available? Like these are the days that I'm available. Like I'm like minus seeing be in house mouse. And I usually like fill out my time with seeing friends, seeing the new play person A, and like going out to parties, like like reading books. Like I mean, I'm I'm I have a forty hour work week doing IT work, and I have I'm going to massage school as well. So it's like work week, massage school, four relationships, one play partner, hobbies, and like an extremely versatile friend group. And as soon as quarantine is over, like for over a year, I would host a monthly dinner where like a big potluck dinner, where I would invite like three, four hundred ish people. And usually somewhere between 40 and 50 would come. And just like a sort of cheat code for like everyone that I love and care about. And I kind of come in the same space and like catch up. And it's really kind of getting to the point where I feel like I know, like I know most of the city on a first name basis. (laughs) 
I was going to say, like, I felt like we were talking to, like, the mayor of non-monogamyville in New Orleans. In New Orleans. So, like, I'm, I just am blown away at, like, yeah, Bree would love to do an interview with you. House Spouse would love to do an interview with you. Like, the new play partner, A, would love to do an interview with you. Awesome. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I just, yeah, and I, like I said earlier, like, usually these interviews are very, like, we have lots of questions, and I think I have... I have a million so, questions. I have so many questions that I don't know, like, how to even organize them, and there's part of me that wants to just not ask any. I think the one, <laughs> the one that I do want to ask, because... I think somebody who maybe popped in and this is their very first time ever listening to the show and they're like, and maybe even exposed to non-monogamy. Yeah. And they're thinking like, I'm thinking about looking into non-monogamy and this is what they hear that like, first of all, just to say like, there is no right way to do it, right? You're doing what works for you. And that what works for you has changed from your freshman year of college until today, like drastically. Yes. But I think that maybe just like one piece that I would love to hear about is like, how do you keep yourself like safe? Cause there's a lot of things moving in and out. And I think that's a really important piece. That's something we love to talk about with yeah. all of our guests, but I would, I would just, I would love to hear that from you. Yeah. So I mean, like as far as like being like sexually yeah. safe, yep. it's, I get, I get STD tested every, every six months. Okay. And so do all of my partners. And it's, we have a, like a condom optional, arrangement with Brie and S and B. Like that's 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 really that and who have condom optional arrangement like like arrangements with like the people that are like closest to them. But it's it's like the, it it doesn't like spread out that wide. Right. And like and everyone gets tested and everyone's very good about using condoms with anyone like outside of that circle. And like if like anyone's even going to like breach it for like a weekend, like it's a conversation. Yeah. And like, it's, I love having as many partners as I do, but like longevity is really important to me. Like it's, it's like the people that have been with me and have been working with me for like a long time. I feel really invested in keeping that going. It's like, I like, I don't want to like be, be like collecting partners like Pokemon cards. It's like, it's, it's, if you've managed to develop a relationship like a long term, it's like worth keep investing in. And I mean, like, I've been seeing Brie for almost eight years. I've been seeing House Spouse for almost three, S for almost a whole year. And I definitely intend on seeing B long term. I always intend on long term. It doesn't always work out that way, but I have just, a phenomenal track record of even if it doesn't work out, still being friends. Like there's no one that I've dated so far that I'm not on speaking terms with. Yeah. And I, so like, first, thank you for answering the, the first question. Cause I think that is important. Like it sounds crazy and we're, we have the advantage. We're looking at this, this map that you've drawn up for us. And like, yeah. it, you, it seems like, okay, well, you back in on itself. What's that? It loops back in on itself. And that's what I was going to say. And I think like, just so the listeners know, when, when we, we took a break a few minutes ago, this map, and we'll say this in the intro, but this map will be made available with redacted names and everything. So people can kind of see that like, it's not literally everybody in New Orleans. In New Orleans. Like it is <laughs> it, like your story has been long and winding, but like it is not this infinite loop of people. So I think that's just important. And then, I wanted to see if you could like just talk a bit about how you 
are able to move from these deep, intense, romantic or sexual relationships and then pull them back out into a friendship. And then sometimes you bring them back and forth and back and forth, like across the mm-hmm. threshold multiple times. Yeah, it's I, I feel like I have a really strong grasp on my own mortality. Like I definitely, like, I'm, I am acutely aware that we have like 80 to 90 years to have as much goddamn fun as humanly possible. And like, they're all like, like these amazing, beautiful people. And like, I mean, I could do the, like, a toxic masculinity thing of, like, oh, if you're not going to fuck me, then, like, fuck you. And, but, like, maintaining that friendship, like, valuing them for, like, who they are, like, as they are in that moment. Like, what brings value to your life is, like, cool people doing cool shit with other cool people in your general vicinity. Like, maintaining these friendships, like, maintaining these relationships, like, like sans, like, any sort of sexuality. Like, people bring me cool things, invite me to cool events, like, come, like, decorate my house, come, like, work in my garden, and, like, they're good friends with my friends, and, like, so, like, I'll, like, come home after a long day of work, and, like, these people that have been important to me through my life will just be at my house. Like, I didn't need to invite them, I didn't need to, like, do anything special, like, the people that already live with me invited them over, and, like, there's, like, an impromptu movie night. Like, like, someone's making a, a homemade meal, like, someone, like, put out a projector in the backyard to like make a movie thing. Like someone's making cocktails over at the house. Like it's the most fun shenanigans just happen in my vicinity. And I don't really need to like, like push, like I don't need to like, like make them happen. I don't need to like put forth like a whole lot of effort. And like, if I can just like pull back from it and like not get all up in my feels because someone didn't want to like fuck me right then and there. Like who gives a shit? I, my life is abounds in love. Like, like, honestly, I have, I have no idea what to do with this amount of gratitude. Like I'm seeing like four kind of five people that like adore being physical with me and like spending their time and like, like have intentions to grow. If anyone else like feels like having like a hookup that night or not, I don't care. Like, I want to talk to you. I want to know you. I'm like, I want to, like, have a conversation. Like, who are you friends with? What are you doing? What kind of, like, art are you getting into? Like, what do you care about? And, like, bring that in to, like, the greater collective of what's going on. Because, like, like, yeah, I love sex. Like, I love, like, getting kinky. Like, I love, like, like doing those things that are, like, more classically understood as, like, having, like, a good time. But, like, having drinks, having home-cooked food, like, having, like, movies, having board games, like, having just, like six friends like just vibing in like the back room like laughing at each other for being ridiculous like that's like what being a person is about like i want to i want to be old and i have well, i have all these people that i've invested in over the years just around like in whatever capacity they feel like i don't want to grow old being lonely like i'm just like I want to have a kick-ass time for as long as I possibly can. Yeah. And I think that answers one of my questions was going to be like when Ryan projects out to age 50 or 60, what do you see that looking like? Like, I would have loved, I I would love to have sold this place for like a bigger place, maybe like an eight bedroom or like maybe like a, like a two houses right next to each other. Like a hotel apartment (laughs) complex. 
you know then yeah like something like that or like maybe like two adjacent properties that i have a rather like have have a, a larger than average number of rooms maybe have like anywhere between like eight and like 15 sort of like different individuals just being able to like be there for each other to like share food share events share like like birthdays and good times and just exist next to each other in perpetuity mm-hmm. sounds beautiful and yeah it's i ha- i do have one i don't know i have so many questions but like i don't want to go into everything but there's one that i do want to ask and that is how and it sounds like you are very open about who you are how has that been received by your family? Do you mind me asking that? They're very supportive. They take a bit of a don't ask, don't tell approach. Like it's very unlikely that they will ever hear this podcast. Yeah. It's growing up, they thought I was gay. Not sure I gave them that impression. Like I like dated more women presenting people than than not. Very queer. Like I'm all about any any and all gender, but it's they they're always like, we love you. We want you to be happy. And just like, whatever it looks like for you, like we're here to support you. And my adulthood, like they're like a little bit weirded out by like my choice of how I spend my time. I'm like, like they don't really get Polly and they don't like, they're very, like they're together and they live in a house just by themselves and they spend a lot of time quietly alone. And like my house is consistent chaos because uh, everyone that is here is dating or at least hooking up with somebody and so like i come home who knows how many people are at my house and like i've definitely like come home and like me myself dinner and gone into my back room and someone's fucking and i'm like great dinner and a show <laughs> <laughs> i'm just annoyed that they didn't make you dinner what the fuck like, yeah, I mean, like, I'll make myself, I'll make myself some, like, like grilled chicken or like a salad or whatever. Go back and like, someone's having a great date, and I'm like, I'm gonna put something on TV, y'all mind? And like, no, you're good, fam. And I'm like, just vibing. Because <laughs> if you want a privacy, they can go to their own room. But like, it's like, it's it is it is outside of the experience of my parents. And but they love me and they support me and they let me bring different partners to family functions. I have brought house spouse Brie and us all to a different Christmas. And they're just like, whatever, boo, love you. And so they're they don't have like I don't have like full throated support, but I don't get any pushback. That right? yeah, that's beautiful too. Yeah, the and that you can share your partners with them and like you said, they may not be full Full, fully in, but no pushback is is pretty good too. Mm-hmm. When you freshman Ryan, like who was smitten for Brie, did you ever have any inkling that this would be your life? What seven, eight years later? Mm. I definitely adjusted quickly to Polly, and that I'm like, I don't feel like I really registered jealousy in the same way as other people like. It never bothered me that Brie was seeing anyone else. And I just, once it really kind of kicked off in earnest. So like it's, it's D and I weren't like, we were like kind of sort of open, not super really like we didn't have great, we, we didn't have great communication about it. We were kids. And it's like during that time, it's like, I never really like deviated from the relationship, but there were a lot of like, I would go over and hang out with, Brie and engaged partner a lot and like we like make out and like kind of like 
futz around. Like it was never like any like anything like too crazy, blatant. But it was like going going through that and like seeing like I like I couldn't I couldn't just not like like it, like most of the reason there wasn't anything blatant is that there were like no one ever like came up and like hey let's do something blatant right now and. Uh, and so, like, once, once D and I, like, weren't really seeing each other anymore, I was like, this isn't really something that I can, like, attempt to do again. And, and it's been, it's been very good since. And, like, and, like, and the early relationship conversations been like, this is who I am. This is how I operate. This is kind of like, like, how I interact with other people. And, like, I am absolutely down to make modifications to make like like time commitments to like be here for you how you need in the relationship as long as you are okay with me seeing other people i can like i can like give you as much information you want about that as you need i can like maybe even like scale back a little bit of it like i'm willing to adjust how i operate to to really be there for someone i'm with as long as it doesn't like cross into the boundary of changing who i am yeah, I can like I can like modify. I can like like move things like here and there, and like and like make different choices in my behavior. And like as long as it's like like seriously adjusting like my core operation. Right. Yeah, and I think maybe sort of adjacent to that is just I'll maybe ask it in a broad way, but like with all of the different partners and all of the different action interactions you have, where or how. Like, do you view consent like playing into this? Because that's a yeah, that's a really good. That's question. like sort of the foundation yeah. beyond beyond communication. Like, consent is just it's ubiquitous, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that is different with all the partners, right? And so, with me, like, I am a or a cock. Like, I'm like, I am like actively excited by my partners seeing other partners, and so I don't need any heads up. Like it's, it's, I, I want to hear about it. I want to talk about it. And like, I'm like, if like we want to take pictures or whatever the fuck happens and I'm like super into it. And like, but I want to be looped in if it's getting any kind of like long-term serious, but that's really the extent of it. I just want to be looped in. And like, as long as who would like the person I'm seeing is still like making time in their schedule for me to feel heard and appreciated and like, spend like a modicum of time with i'm down like like downplay it some maybe we can start seeing each other every week we see each other every other week like like i'm flexible but like as long as like they're i can plainly see that they're like putting effort into like still being with me be with whoever you want like like as long as like i'm talked to about it like i'm like kept in the conversation with my other partners like like it's like with house spouse, kind of some of the rules. Like like a house spouse, like is like very popular. Like like getting laid left and right. Like like it's having great times. Like you've seen the poly chart. Like they're very connected in the poly chart. And as long as I kind of like just keep them like looped into my shenanigans, like we're we stay pretty steady. It's with Bree. Like if if I start like fucking someone like more than once, like you want to hear about it, and like, I can get like a, a basic background. B wants a little bit more info. Like it's kind of like a sometimes like deal with a jealousy, but it's going real well right now. Cause like their love life is thriving. 
because like B has me and their own like like live-in partner and like newer partner than me, and so like, they're really booked on their time. So, but like I try to be a little extra, like even if I feel like something like might occur, like try to like just kind of like bring it up more casually before it's actually a thing, just to like make sure we stay on the same page. And the new, the newer, like kind of like play partner, like we're like, like sluts galore. Like it's, we're both just so like, we're very into the idea of each other hooking up with anyone else and each other and group and well, like just everything and anything that like anytime we just like even like talk about someone new, it's a good time. And so like we, we, keep each other looped in for fun more than consent. Right. Right. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just yeah curious because it's just, it's just so many different levels of communication. In- oh yeah. And that's not even considering S or like, but like, but like it's yeah. Like S also big, big for your big, but like, like super into me seeing anyone else. And like, maybe even like one want to join in with me and seeing anyone else. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, it's just, what makes up for their lack of communication is easily made up for in the low maintenance of that relationship. Okay. It's like, we're just always in a good place. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for answering that and, and for sharing everything you did. Yeah. It's been amazing, fascinating. And I hope incredible. I, I, hope this isn't the last time our paths cross because i think um absolutely yeah you should y'all should definitely visit nola sometime and uh, get, get the lowdown yeah i was gonna say one of these one of these 50 person potlucks post covid sounds like a hell of a good time yes um, yeah i'm starting them back up in july nice. so come make a vacation of it so next time we're in orleans yeah i've actually never been there <laughs> So. You sure? Like, like, yeah. Zach's from here. I'm here. Like, Bree's here. Like, that's here. Like, like, that's. It's hopefully like if y'all need some more interviewees. Like, my whole pod. It's it's very extensive. <laughs> Clearly, which we just covered over the last hour and a half. I want. I want to talk to Eagle Scout. That's who I want to talk to. Boy Scout. No, Boy Scout. <laughs> who wasn't no. Eagle Scout? <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm joking. Um. <laughs> but yeah, no. I think maybe like leaving it there, I think is perfect. I think there's just so much to take away from this that was mm-hmm. implicit. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah, I loved it. And thank, and thank you. you so much for like walking us through so detailed. Yeah. I, I hope it all made linear sense. Cause it can get kind of like, there's, I feel like there's so much I left out just in just of like trying to like cram it all in, mm-hmm. in our podcast. Well, yeah. and I was, I was jotting notes this whole time and I was at some point I was like going to interrupt you and go back through everything. And then you just kept going and it kept getting yeah. more complicated. I was like, Oh no, <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's all good. Somebody, it's good. I think it's good. I, I think, think you did a fantastic job. And like, you, yeah, you, feel, feel free to like hit me up later, like via email for like clarification on like who's dating who now. <laughs> No, I yeah. think it's good. And I think the poly map will help a lot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, so maybe with that, we will let you get along with your evening. And um, it sounds like it could still get exciting. And we'll let you enjoy that. And yeah, and we'll stay in touch. Yeah. Yeah. I have like three of the partners and best friends like, in the backyard. I'm just chilling. Yeah. Go hang out with them. Yep. Tell them hi for us. And uh, thanks again for everything, right? We yeah. Thank it. you so much. Absolutely. And we're back 
thank you so much, Ryan, for coming on the show and to Zach for putting us in touch with Ryan too. It was amazing to talk to you and hope you all enjoyed his story. Um, also, keep an eye out for us in New Orleans. I mean, hey. Yeah, right? When the world opens back up, you can bet we'll be at one of those potlucks. <laughs> I hope so. And we'll meet all of New Orleans. Yes. Oh, right. All at one potluck? I'm pretty much. That's what it seems like. <laughs> so I'm super excited for that. So yeah, yeah thank you, awesome. Ryan. Um, thank you for the invite. We will take you up on it. Yes. Guaranteed. Yes. And before we let you all go, we wanted to do a quick reminder. So first of all, Thank you so much to anybody who is part of our Patreon group. We have over 160 people. It's an amazing community. And we have a MeWe group chat. We have monthly Q&As, which our next one is next Wednesday, the 26th. We also have men's and women's group calls uh, and group chats as well. So come check it out. We would love to have you. And again, like if you chat, try it and you don't like it, that's okay too. Like you can try it out and leave. You don't, there's no obligation. Yeah, get the hell out of our group. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? No. Oh. Like if, no, I'm not going to kick people out. But anyway, uh, we love this community and we're incredibly thankful for each and every one of you. So thank you and go check it out. Our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com and click on the Patreon button. Yes. And I would just add to that. Um, really what we've gotten out of this, Emma and me personally, is uh, a huge group of friends and people that we can lean on when we need something. And we've seen this group uh help and support one another through some really difficult things. And so if you're looking for any type of some support or community, um, whether it's non-monogamy related or not, we've we've seen both um, in this. And so it's just, it's fantastic. And I just want to say thank you again to uh, the community for being that for us and for being that for one another. Yes. And we're not actually going to kick anybody out. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> Also, before we let you go, we wanted to do a quick shout out and a reminder to go check out stdcheck.com. As you're meeting people, getting out there more, and we highly encourage everyone to know your STI status. And the way we love to do that is to use stdcheck.com. It's super fast, efficient, easy, uh, and affordable. Affordable, yes. You can do a 10 panel test for. Um, I believe $130. With our discount code. Exactly. That's including our discount code. So go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, click on the resources tab, and you can go and use the link there. And it does support the show if you use that link. So thank you, thank you, thank you in advance for doing that. And we appreciate for, it. And not only for just supporting the show, but for being a good ambassador for sexual health and awareness in the community. Yes. It's incredibly important. So thank you. Thank you. And that's thank a, you, Emma. A, this is a lot of thank yous <laughs> at the end here. Anyway, have a wonderful rest of your week or wherever, whenever you're listening to this, have a wonderful rest of your day. And maybe next week we'll have another interview. Should we tell them about that one? Next week. Yes. <laughs> Good call. Completely forgot that. Next week we have an interview with Jesse and Roy, and that's a super fun one too. So come back next week and listen. And now that's it. That's it. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.